Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yes, indeed. Good morning. Welcome in to our Tiger Tailgating show. Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback, one of the all-time greats. I'm Christian Garrick. Joey Falgu at Master Control. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Number two, LSU coming off their big win over Florida. Going to Starkville to take on Mississippi State, and it's a Bulldog team that is not that great. I'm just being honest with you. Um, I'm not trying to defame or, or take shots at Mississippi State, but this is a team that Herb LSU yep. could conceivably hang 70 on this team. I'm just I'm just being honest. Hey, the facts are the facts, right? And they are uh, average at best, to be honest with you. That's putting um, it kindly. Joe, Joe Moorhead is, uh, is, you know, he's trying to put together a team, if you will. Um, but, you know, look, I'm going to tell you, they have some talent on this team. They just haven't gelled yet together. And um, they, they haven't found that quarterback they really want, which I think the quarterback is sitting on the sideline. They won't play him, Keaton Thompson, um, and hopefully they don't play him today. <laughs> um, they might. There's been whispers that they might. They might. And 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 if they do, he's going to do well, I'm going to tell you, because we don't know anything about him. And uh, the last time we saw him play, he has been um, just – I mean, he just made play after play after play. He threw for – a ton of yards. He was in a bowl game. Threw for a ton of yards and touchdowns. They won that game. Um, and then, you know, he was he was about to transfer here early in the season um, because Schrader was named the, the starting quarterback. And Joe Moorhead was recruited Schrader where he was prior to, and I can't remember where that was. But um, And he ended up getting uh, Schrader to transfer to uh, Mississippi State. State. So that, that's his guy. So, But anyway, you got Tommy Stevens as well, who showed a lot of heart, a lot of uh, – uh, leadership, if you will. But, look, man, those guys' numbers are not good at all. Schrader's got 590 yards passing. Stevens got 515 yards passing. And Burrow has 2,100 yards passing. So, collectively, with those two guys, Burrow's d- got them doubled. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, and it's not it's not good. So, hopefully, um, I, you, you know, you said that LSU can hang 60 on them. I said 70. 70. It, like, conceivably. I don't think they will, no, but they could. Definitely. They can put 100 up on them if they really want to. I right. think I think you see I think you see a game that's going to be out of hand by the end of the second quarter if our defense plays the way they need to. Now, the only thing that 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 that, that is a little bit of a hiccup or could be is that they're playing in Starkville. Sure. So, and you know, Mississippi State has some really great fans. They got a, a really weird way of celebrating things. Cowbells. Things. Yeah, and it's annoying. Yeah, but it's an apathetic, it's an apathetic fan base. Like they're this yeah, year, they yeah. are not all in. No, I mean, do you have? I mean, do you blame them? No, you don't. But at the same time, don't be a fair weather fan. Don't be a Johnny right. Gill, right? Um, so, but look, I'm gonna tell you right now. I think the Tigers go in and they do the same thing they've been doing all year long. We just have to correct the mistakes on defense, the the, the lack thereof tackling early on, right, and then being out of position. So I think if we can control those two things, we'll be good. I think that if you go back and look, in, the, in three SEC games, Mississippi State's averaging 11 points per game. Yeah. All right, Auburn hung 56 on them. Yeah. And Herb, I think you would agree with this, certainly. LSU's offense is 
dramatically different and better than Auburn's. I mean, they, the, Auburn is their their bones are on defense. That's where they get it done. No, but not. for them to hang fifty six on Mississippi State, that that's why I'm sitting here saying, and you're sitting here saying it could be a hundred if they wanted to. I I really think that this could be. LSU putting up sixty to seventy points because no, I don't Auburn see why did this. Not. Why? Why wouldn't they? You know, because look, they're still trying to make a case to be number one in the country. Still trying to get Joe Burrow to be the, the Heisman. running Heisman. Um, and and at the end of the day, you can only do what you do, right? So if we go down and we score every three minutes as we've been doing, right? Um, and if I, if we can get them three and outs and turnovers, guess what? The score is going to end up being 60, 70 something. I mean, I'm, it's just the way it is. I wrote a preview piece, basically, um, you know, pre- previewing this game, and I, I laid out the game plan for LSU on offense and defense. And honestly, this might seem snarky or sarcastic, but I said the MSU offensive game plan is to pray. The MSU <laughs> offense uh, defensive game plan is pray harder. Right. You know what I mean? So right. it's right. it seems sarcastic, but that, that's just the truth. If you go look at these teams and pair the rosters. It's just dramatically um, in favor of LSU. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. You can also text us at 870-870. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll online at www.com. LSU at Mississippi State, do you expect a blowout or a battle? Cast your vote online at www.com. Right now, if you're listening closely to me and Herb, we're expecting a bit of a blowout. Right now, though, it's 50% uh, blowout, 50% battle early on in our voting. Uh. Coming up. At around 10.35, we'll visit with NFL and college football analyst Mike Atelier. Also, you'll hear from LSU coach Ed Ogeron. He sat down earlier in the week with Amos Morale. And Jimmy Smith from TigerDetails.com joins us at 12.10. In the meantime, your phone calls are welcome at 504-260-1870. LSU at Mississippi State, do you expect a blowout or a battle? Herb Tyler, a.k.a. Herb Teasy. I'm Christian Garrick. This is the Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Man, Chris Blair was on fire last week. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the game, but he was outstanding. Um, we had Chris Blair on earlier in the week, and gosh, it was just – I mean, he, he did a great job of painting the picture of if you weren't there, you felt like you were. He always does, though, man. I mean, they couldn't have picked a, a better guy, right? to be honest with you. I mean, he's one of the, the better ones out there. And, and the way he paints that picture is not broad. It's very detailed. It is. It's awesome. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. LSU coach Ed Ogeron sat down earlier this week with Amos Morale. Go ahead and take a listen. All right, coach. Obviously, uh, coming off a big win against Florida, 42 points against one of the best defenses. Uh, has your offense surprised you at all with just the efficiency they've been able to have against everybody? Yes, they have. It's been really good. I'm so proud of Steve Esminger, Joe Brady, Joe Burrow, our wide receivers, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, Terrence Marshall. But the biggest group that has made the most improvement, I said this in the camp, was the offensive line, led by Lloyd Cushenberry. And that was going to be uh, my next question. Obviously, we've seen Jamar and Justin uh, win the one-on-one matchups. We've seen all your tight ends get involved. We've obviously seen Joe light it up. But uh, that offensive line to go out there against a really dominant pass rush and not allow a sack and uh, open up those holes against uh, for you know Clyde and uh, Tyreon to get through. Really proud of our whole offensive line. I think the most improvement we made is offensive tackles. Uh, Austin Dakeless and Sadiq Charles. Had a great game. I have to give Coach James Craig the, the uh, credit. He's an offensive line coach, and he's done a tremendous job with those young men. Uh, Got to be encouraging watching, you know, 
every week it seems like something else uh you know you're able to correct anything and uh every the key the team keeps evolving basically yes yes we got to get better you know uh, you know the coach carroll team that we had at usc and jimmy johnson team that we had at miami you got to get better throughout the year we got to take the next step this week there's a lot of things on our football team that we need to improve and our team knows that one thing uh talking to clyde after the game he mentioned uh you know, talking to Ty and uh, John and telling them what he's seeing out there. Yeah. Uh, you've had a lot of true freshmen contribute this year. Uh, has that sort of been a, you know, kind of key that, you know, the other guys are real and selfish. They're really, uh, you know, they're trying to help them and, uh, you know, help them get ready. Leadership of great character young men. This team has great character young men on it and leadership and some good football players. And then obviously you guys got a – Another tough road test uh, against the Mississippi State team that you know is going to be gunning for you after coming off of a loss. Just what do you tell the guys, uh, you know, to get them ready for this matchup? They're going to play their best game against us. They're going to have a red a red dot right there on the LSU Tigers. Uh, last year, two years ago, we walked into a snake pick. Uh, I didn't have this team ready. I'm, I'm ready this week. You, you talk about that environment, uh, obviously, with the cowbells and the, the crowd is always rowdy there. Just how do you get the team ready for that? Yeah, well, we're going to have noise at uh, – practices like we used to do, usually do but it's not about the noise it's about us going to play our best game two years ago we played we didn't play our best game this year we plan on going to play our best game and then you talk about playing the best game obviously the defense uh second half seemed to really make adjustments and that's one thing this team has really seemed to be able to to adjust in game what do you credit that to i credit the coach aranda our defensive coaches our analysts writing stuff down on our sideline our players being very smart and be able to adjust on the move. And then obviously, uh, you know, going back to the true freshman, Marcel Brooks is a guy, uh, you know, highly touted coming out of high school. Seemed like he played every position in high school. Uh, you touched on it in there, uh, him kind of settling in the outside linebacker. Just were you expecting him to, to be able to come in and contribute this way? You know, he has tremendous speed. He's tough. He plays hard. He plays at a different level. Um we knew that as a freshman that Marcel could contribute to our pass rush, but he just had to learn how to do it. And now midway through the season, I think he's going to become an outstanding rusher for us. And then with all the guys you had coming back, did you just even see that there'd be, you know, the ability to, to put these guys in? Yeah, you know, and plus, you know, it helps us out because we use the other guys on first and second down then use our fastest guys on third down. All right. And then obviously, uh, you know, the way the season's going up to number two in the polls. Uh, you kind of touched on this, but keeping the, uh, the the focus on the next game, is that becoming harder or is that just not a, been a thing at all you've had to worry about? Not with this group. I had the quarterback tell our, tell our guys after this game it was good, but good ain't good enough. We want to be great. So you got leadership. you got guys that are hungry. After they see the film, every, you know everybody's going to be excited today. We're going to enjoy the victory, but we're going to show them the things that we must and will get better at. All right, Coach, appreciate it. Thanks for the time as always. Go Tigers. That was LSU Coach Ed Ogeron with Amos Morale ahead of today's SEC showdown. I, I hesitate to say showdown because it's really not going to be a it's showdown. It's an SEC showdown. It's an SEC matchup. At 2.30. LSU and uh, Mississippi State. Which is supposed to be at 11, which is like, okay, we're going to push it back to 2.30. Hey, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with that too. I don't like getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning to do a tailgate show. I don't mind. I'm already up. I know, at but you like know, those, uh, what, what was it, the uh, Bloody Marys, the, the Virgin Bloody Marys? Well, yeah, those are delicious. Uh, hey, I got a, I got a confession. So we were talking during the break. <laughs> right, Coach O, I mean, he should be in conversation to be 
one of, you know coach of the year, especially if they qualify for the playoffs. Yep. And Herb, something that you and I talked about last week with that thirteen and a half point spread, it made it was perplexing in a way. But then when you talk to odds makers and pro betters and yep. gamblers, they were betting on this team as if they were a top two team. Well, where are they ranked? Top two, top two. right? Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show you those guys know a few things, and you know I just think that. Um, this is a team. If you're if you're worried about the quote unquote trap game, yeah, I don't think that this applies. This to isn't that. it. No, 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 definitely not this game. I mean, I don't think Mississippi State is good enough to. Let me not say it like that. I don't think Mississippi State can handle our our uh, direction as to what we're trying to go, which is ascending. We're not trying to be in the middle of the road anymore. At you know, in the SEC, we're trying to be the cream of the crop, not only in the SEC. But in in the country, and so when you have a team that is filled with such passion, such desire to win, and and a great motivation to be great, right? Um, a team like this that's that's licking their wounds, if you will, with Mississippi State, um, it's going to be tough for them to really hang in there. Let's face it; I mean, LSU would have to cough up the football three or four times. Not only that, just play the worst game we played all year long, and we still win by twenty one. <laughs> Right, it's some people are going to listen to this and go, man, they're just being homers and they're cocky, and they're arrogant. No, no, it's just, no, no, no. It just goes to show you, no. Mississippi State is just—they're a team in transition. Period. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely correct. I mean, I mean, just look at it. Just take take the season thus far and what they've been through. I mean, they, they don't even—they they have a quarterback carousel. Kentucky put crazy. up twenty on them, beat them by double. I mean, Tennessee beat them by double digits. Well, you know, Tennessee's a great team, quote unquote. <laughs> right. So here we are, number two ranked team coming to the country, who could easily be number one. And we could play with anybody from one to five, right, all day long. And we've got a team that's that's not that's down on their luck, if you will. It's just it, the way that we prepare for games now is completely different than what we did four years ago, two years ago, three years ago. We are going to come in this game and we're going to prepare like they're number two ranked team, right? Us, LSU, and we're going to prepare like Mississippi State is a number one ranked team. So if we play like we're playing a number one ranked team, but we're really playing somewhat of an inferior team, it, that's where the balance differential is. The Mississippi State cannot play like a number one ranked team, but we can. And so when they play like they're number 65 in the country, we're going to just do what we do, which is score points. We're going to play defense, create turnovers. We're going to run the football. We're going to throw the football, and we're going to score touchdowns. Herb, can you imagine what this region would be like if LSU wins a national title and the Saints win the Super Bowl? Like, <laughs> Could you imagine what that's like? Have you thought about that? Yeah, I have. I, I, I remember when the Super Bowl was won before and we had the parade, right? right. This would be a double parade, and it would be two of them. Right. One here in New Orleans and, and one in Baton Rouge. So I think they'd anyway. get the Baton. I think they'd get that LSU team down here as well. Hey, I'm trying to advocate for two parades, two three days off, right? Yeah, so I'm going to parade here in New Orleans, <laughs> and then we'll go do a parade in Baton Rouge the next week. This this region, I think, would be. Lit until about April, and then and then let's also say this: two lane wins, uh, a, bowl game. A, a bowl game, yeah. Right? And then you got um, the Pelicans starting off, and they end up winning. Let's call it fifty games. That'd be amazing. It would be. Oh man, it would be great. Considering be considering that Zion's going to miss the first couple weeks of the season, I'm fine with him missing the first couple weeks. This is his rookie year. Yeah, you miss the first two weeks of the, of the season to get better, hundred percent. If you can get a hundred percent, I'm fine with that. If these first two weeks. The guys that we have, I think we can handle it and we'll do well. Man, just think about how cool this city could end up being. Yeah. Though. I mean, yeah. you got the national yeah. championship here. Yep. Saints doing well. Tulane doing well. LSU yes. doing well. And then the national championship, that means that the LSU would be playing here. Yeah. 
So the moment that game is over, <laughs> Christian, we're gonna have a good time. Oh yeah. It'll be uh it'll be quite the wild ride, that's for sure. It will be. We'll step away and come back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show with NFL and college football analyst Mike Detillier next here on WWL. Trask working under center. Play action. Pressure comes. He unloads and intercepted. Under pressure, rolls to his right. Fires a bullet. Inside the end zone. Give me the sign. Give me the sign. Touchdown, Tigers. Justin Jefferson just inside the end zone. Right pylon. And the Tigers regain the lead 13-7. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, Herb Tyler. Christian Garrick, we welcome in now Mike Dettelier, college football and NFL in, uh, analyst. And Mike Dettelier's insights into LSU and Mississippi State is brought to you by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, keeping you safe in the game. Mike, uh, this is going to sound awful in terms of uh, it's going to sound disrespectful to Mississippi State, but LSU, this is a game that LSU could end up hanging 70 points on. Well, I don't know about 70, but uh, they might hang half a hundred. Put it to you that way. Uh, <laughs> right. Man, I have seen State's defense play. You know, and a lot of times, Christian and Herb, uh, you get it in your mind of what you've seen in the past. <clears throat> the last couple years, Mississippi State's defense was awesome. Yep. But them cats is getting paid in the NFL today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, actually, unbelievable. Tore his ACL in February in pre-draft workouts the Titans are going to activate him this weekend to play. You talk about modern medicine is something, you know, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. And but but he is, uh, you know, talk about Javon Curse being the freak mm-hmm. man. You watch Jeffrey Simmons. No, he's a freak of an athlete. He was on that team. He was dominant inside, and then you had Sweat coming off the edge. Yep. And it was relentless. They hit you with those two guys. And then Abram, you know, um, the one thing I'll say about him, Mississippi State didn't hide how they used him. Either he played deep center field or he was up on the line of scrimmage like a linebacker. It was, it was one or the other. And that's how you got. And those three guys, first-round picks, all in the NFL, they don't have anybody that caliber this year right. on that football team. Right. But in the back of your mind, you saw them for so long, and you say, man, that, that team's really good. All I know is against uh, Auburn, man, it, they averaged 20.1 yards a catch. Yep. That, that That's staggering that a secondary can give that up. So that tells me two things. And watching them this year, one they can't get a pass rush, and second, other than Cam Dancer, mm-hmm. they can't cover worth a lick. Now, now Cameron's a different story. Uh, he he's a pro player, uh, junior. Uh, I saw him play high school football at St. Thomas Aquinas. He was a, a quarterback. He was a dual threat quarterback, mm-hmm. and uh, he probably played high school football same weight as me. Uh, he's he's about 180 <laughs> pounds today. But but he was he played like 155 pounds. Right. He was playing quarterback, and he he's one of the better cover corners. But my thing is, I just throw the football on the other side. Right. Uh, I mean, I, we ain't splitting the atom here. No. Uh, their defense is not the same, and I keep hearing it from people. Watch out! 
this is one of those sandwich games, no. trap games. No. Man, my thing is, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Now, if that line was there a year ago, I'd say, you got it. I right. understand it. Right. But they ain't the same team. And offensively, Herb, I have no idea what they're trying to do. <laughs> I uh, agree. Uh, because their best football player is Colin Hill at running back. Uh-huh. The football is not heavy. Mm-hmm. He would, he'd be touching it 25, 28 times a game as a runner. Instead, they want to throw the ball around. Yep. And, and Garrett, you know, I understand he was a high percentage passer um, the, the last game he played against Kentucky. And mm-hmm. I saw Stevens at the Manning camp. He's impressive, but he, both of them are a bit erratic. Right. And even worse, the receivers. Uh, you, you watch them, either they wide open and they drop the ball, or they wide open and the, and the quarterback can't, can't get, get them the, the football. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it, it's a weird thing to watch on what Joe Moorhead offensively is trying to do there because if I were him and I got troubles at quarterback, then the rushing attack is my best friend. Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run Hill – run him and run him and run him and then open up things. Uh, they're a strange team, uh, Mercurial, on what they want to do. And as much as I think there'll probably be a little bit of an energy drop uh, early on in this game, it, certainly you can't be as high as you, you were for the Florida game. And I right. think you may see that a little early. How does a team react mm-hmm. when all week long the reports have been about Joe Moorhead leaving state yep. to go to Rutgers? Mm-hmm. And you know where that came from? His own agent. Yep. So how does the team react to that? And at least I, I give Les Miles a lot of credit. At least he, when he lied about, I don't know nothing about going to Michigan. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been involved in the talks. Well, that part's probably true. His agent did all the talking. Right. Uh, now, Les, after he retired, kind of gave you a wink and a nod about some of that. So you knew, yeah. yep. you know, what was happening. Moorhead, have you heard him deny it? Nope, I haven't. Has not said one word. Not one word. Yeah. And look, that leads me to asking you, Mike, it's like, so Mississippi State played Auburn. They lost 56-23. They played Tennessee, which is struggling really bad right now. Um, and they lost that game. Mississippi State did 20-10. to um, You got the Joe Moorhead to Rutgers, you know, uh, lingering all over your head all week long. Um, the guys are, are kind of licking their wounds. They're not feeling really confident. And, 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 and LSU just come off a huge, huge win against Florida. How does Mississippi State even get up for this game? That's what I want to know. Can you explain to me no. with all of the things that you said that they don't even have let's quote unquote call it really great mediocre NFL talent on the team, um, much less LSU having, you know, high draft picks all over the place. So how does state come alive for this game to try to at least make it competitive? The only way this game's competitive is LSU gives them competitiveness and turn the ball over. And and that hasn't been the case this year. Right. Uh, not, not one bit. And, and Joe's completing almost 80% of his throws. And so you got to get a little bit of help in that spot. Uh, I don't, and that's a difficult spot because from you find out about your leaders real quick on that team mm-hmm. because somebody's got to, you know, people think that coaches got control of the locker room. No, the players got control of the locker room. Mm-hmm. And where's your leadership here uh, in that spot? 
on on trying to say, hey, listen, we know who we up against. We up against one of the heavyweight uh, champ contenders here. And, and if we don't throw a punch early, we could get knocked out early, yes. real quickly in this football game. And so the one thing with Coach O, and I give him a lot of credit for, he's uh, other than that game a couple years ago uh, in Starkville, his teams, you know, on the road have been prepared for those type situations. Mm-hmm. They played well, even after big games, because I think that was the unraveling of less. Now, it wasn't so much losing to Alabama as what happened afterwards and you lose to Arkansas and Ole Miss, right. uh, teams you should have beaten. I think O's done a really good job keeping his team focused on the task at hand, and we worry about Mississippi State this week, and we'll worry about Auburn next week, and we move on. But he's handled those road games, other than that state game, very, very well. And, and um, you know, I see the leadership in LSU's locker room. Mm-hmm. That I'm, I don't know where it's at at Mississippi State today. I don't know who's that guy or who those players are to say, we are not going to get blown out. We are not going to be embarrassed like we were against Tennessee. We're not going to be embarrassed like we were against Auburn. And now all this stuff about the coach might be leaving, man, that, that's a difficult task for anyone uh, to, to kind of go through at this point. It does go to show you one thing, Herb. Man, Dan Mullen's one hell of a coach. Yeah, he is. You're right. Man, <laughs> no matter which. No, You're listen, right. I, I think he's he, he was a little bit, you know, we, we know what the word is. Yep. In the lot, and afterwards, after the LSU game. But on the field, that cat can coach. Yep. And he did a great job squeezing all the vitamin C he could out of that orange. You know what? I, I can't say that out of Moorhead. I, I can't say that at all about him because he, he was really loaded last year. That that team was really talented. And if you want to look back at it, as good as they had played, they sort of underachieved at times, right. especially on offense where, you know, their defense saved their bacon time after time after time. Now you don't have that element anymore. You know, those guys are gone uh, and in the National Football League. And so uh, it's an interesting game because I always think these games are focus games. You know, when you're coming off a big win – to get back uh, into the stride. Uh, you know, I had a lot of people want to try to con me into telling me, man, Northwestern, man, they, they got Ohio State right where they want them. Yeah, I, I saw Ohio State last night. They kicked the ever-loving stew out of them. They had them where they wanted them, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, they weren't overconfident, put it to you that way. And so I do think there's a cut in this league when you see the power uh, of offensively of teams – like what you see at Alabama and LSU and Ohio State and Oklahoma and Clemson and the rest of the group. I mean, there's a, to me, there's a big gap there uh, between those teams and other teams that don't have that offensive firepower, and they can get on you 20 to nothing in the blink of an eye. Yep. Okay, so where's your confidence then? You know, <laughs> what, what, what happens at that point in time? And that's something to watch today. If LSU jumps on them early, it, how much far Mississippi State got in the belly? NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier. Mike, if the playoffs started today, give me your top four teams. <clears throat> oh, oh, Ohio State, um, Alabama, 
LSU, Here's Clemson. Ah, so Clemson over Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Clemson, I, to me, Clemson almost seems to be an uninspired team until finally they get pushed. And we've seen this, and I, I, I heard Urban Meyer talk about it a few times, and the, t- some of those teams he had at Florida, that almost that, you know, we got to get tested. And, and then they, can, they have that ability, and Herb, you've been around that, that team's got ability to take that knob and just move it, click, 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 yep. click, click, yep. click. And, and I think that's what Clemson can, can do today. Uh, and, and Ohio State can. Uh, you know, because I think of all the teams in the top four that have been brought up, and even Oklahoma you can throw in there as a five, the, the most underrated team, the most untalked about team is Ohio State, and I'm not sure they're not the most talented. Right. One, you know, when you look at that roster, uh, I'm not sure they may not have the best roster across the board. And uh, we'll find out a little bit more about them as the season goes along. But, uh, you know, to me, Oklahoma would get left out in, in that spot. Uh, and it just uh, to me, those two SEC teams and, and what's going to happen in November uh, is, is really going to be interesting. But um, I think it's those five teams have pulled away from the rest of the pack, uh, so to speak, this year. And we, and we saw Georgia take the tumble. And that, that – it surprised me who they lost to, but not that they lost. Because you could almost see some of this was happening already. And that Georgia's inability to press the deeper part of the field. Uh, they can throw that little short stuff pretty well, and they run the football very well. But they, they have not shown that they can press the football deep downfield. I think that limits them. And to me, that's something I think they should – I know they got to rebuild – wide receiver core, but by now you should have that worked out. Uh, and so, uh, to me, a little bit of underachieving on the offensive side of the football. I think they played really good on defense and they can run the ball, but their pitch and catch game is not in the same category as those other teams. NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier, Mike's insights into LSU Mississippi State, is brought to you by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, keeping you safe in the game. Mike, thanks for the time, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Y'all take care. All right, All right. it's the Gulf Thanks, Coast Mike. Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Here it comes. He's going to run option downhill near side. He gets caught. He's dropped at the four-yard line. Tigers defense makes a stand. And with 49 seconds to play, Patrick Queen may have sealed a victory for the Fighting Tigers of LSU. Little time here. Joe steps up, checks that defense for the Gators. Handoff, Clyde Edwards Hilaire on first down, hole 30, 25, 20, far sideline, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Tigers! 39 yard touchdown run for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You should see Herb Tyler during these highlights. Man, man. it's awesome. He's acting like he's running on the field. I and love it. Gives a touchdown signal, etc. Yes. That's a Tiger through and through. He bleeds purple and gold. Welcome into the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Tiger tailgating show coming up next hour. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers. I sat with, sat down with him or visited with him on Thursday, previewing this matchup ahead of LSU and Mississippi State today at two thirty, right here on WWL. And of course, LSU coming off that big win over Florida. And oh, by the way, Herb, something we spent a lot of time talking about last week. They were favored by thirteen and a half. They covered by fourteen. Yes, Vegas kind of knows what they're doing. I won a lot of money last week. <laughs> yeah, man. you didn't bet anything. Oh well, I still won. In, figuratively in your head? Yes. 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 Yeah. I bet $2,000. And I went 200000 <laughs> You went 200 Oh. Monopoly money. Well, then, where's breakfast, man? Come on. Lunch is on you. you hey, know? I got it. I got you, baby. We good. 
Waiting on the check to clear. <laughs> Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. What's the spread did, uh, today? 17 and a half is last I saw, which seems really low. Honestly. I, no, that's perfect. That's fine. So everybody's going to take LSU in the points, right? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll take that. I just thought it'd be a little bit higher, but nonetheless. Um, yeah, it's kind of difficult to go higher than that, right? Really? I guess the SEC folk. Yeah, I'm but I, I think they could, they could beat this team by – I think they can beat this team by 21, 25 points. I think we, I think we can also. However, it's just tough for them to set the line like that. Yeah, I think, as far I as money goes, yeah. If it, as far as an SEC team, if yeah. it was somebody outside the conference, then maybe so. Yeah, I would agree. All right, phone lines are open here. We're on till 1230. We'll hand things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network then. But until then, call us at 504-260-1870, text 87870. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, Joey Falgu at Master Control. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Jumping off an hour two here of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Welcome in. Good to have you aboard. Hope you guys are well on this Saturday morning getting ready for LSU and Mississippi State at 2.30 right here on WWL. Also tomorrow, the Saints are in Chicago battling the Bears. We'll have that for you at 3.25. Join us for our Bud Light countdown to kickoff with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert, and myself at 1.30. Who that, baby? Preceded by Fans First Take with Todd Manessis and Steve Court. Yes. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Text 870-870. And we were talking a little bit about, Herb, the prospect of LSU and um, doing well, the Saints doing well, Tulane as, as well. And, mm-hmm. and th- th- that, that Tulane Green Wave fan, I know this is a Tiger Tailgate show, but right. as a college football fan, as a Metro New Orleanian, yep. You just got to be excited when all the local teams have success. If you're not, then you're not a true New Orleans, right? Um, because we, we just love to see people be successful no matter what, especially when they're from here. And uh, and that Tulane team is doing something special up there, uptown. Um, Justin McMillan, once again, I mean, I've, I've said it before and I'm going to keep saying it. I, I thought the kid was a stud when he came to LSU. I was a little upset when he left LSU. Um, but I knew why he left. He left for his own good and his own maturation, if you will. And uh, his excel in, in this two-lane green wave offense has been just, I mean, a joy to watch personally. The Wave taking on Memphis today at 6 p.m. That's going to be a tough game, but I think they it can pull be. it out. This will be their biggest their biggest test mm-hmm. of the year. Yep, yep. I but Memphis so. losing earlier in, uh, earlier this season, last week actually. And Tulane, I think, is, is one of those teams, a lot like LSU, they're ascending yep. uh, at the right time. And I think that perhaps – this time next week, they'll be in the top 25. You know that that game that they won against uh, Houston a couple weeks ago? Did a lot. Man, it, it, it built so much confidence uh, in those guys. And, and then they did it at home. And it sparked a lot of interest for the fan base as well to come out and support those guys. So it's just great to see, man. Those kids work hard. The coaches work hard. And, and they put in a long time of, of just um, um, trying to put a good product on the field. And they finally have. Tulane Greenway first in the American West in the – American yep. Athletic Conference. Yep. Pretty sweet. Go Wave, baby. Man, LSU and the Green Wave potentially playing in big bowl games. LSU potentially in the playoffs. The Saints, the Pelicans. I don't know where else I'd rather be here than the city of New Orleans. I'm telling you. Look, I'm. Hey, it's it's a great place to be. Where else can you be? I mean, I, I, I'm trying to think right now of where they're doing this at. It ain't, it ain't nowhere. I mean, nowhere. Not, not college, NFL, NBA. NBA. And then your smaller tiers of college teams as well. I mean, it's not – I don't know where else you can get all of this. This is it's great. 
And then every weekend there's something like right now there's the zombie run, right? Yep. I mean, I know I, I know some some. Hey, zomb- don't get me started on the zombie run. Like, I, I me know, out of my garage though. That's how I do. I know some zombies personally. They're not running. They're always walking. Just so you know. <laughs> Are you a big Halloween guy? Uh, my dad was man. Uh, my dad was like like just giant. Just man, he would love he would love to see it scare the kids so that he can give them <laughs> candy to reward them for him scaring them. And uh and he would do all kind of different things: noise, music, smoke, um. Props, uh, everything. You, you push a button or pull a lever, and, and and this skeleton will pop up out of a casket and point toward the backyard, so you can walk through the backyard and go through this path, and you go through all these different little props that he had lined up. I mean, it was awesome. He was a huge Marcus the Magnificent fan, and really? well, I think that's what really made him want to do all that. Because you know, Marcus would do all those different. Uh, uh, experiments and all that stuff, just different things, and uh, it was just awesome, just the greatest thing ever. So. I've had Doctor Morgus on the show a couple of times on Sports Talk and other yep. other platforms. He's still he's he was he's entertaining, that's for sure. <laughs> what's your what's your holiday of choice? Christmas is my holiday of choice. I mean, it just it, it's it's a time of year where it's just um, it's a beautiful time of year. The music's good, the smell is good. It's not extremely hot. Um, and, and and it 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 brings joy to everybody. It's one of those holidays where, you know, it's just you, you know you just have a good feeling about life. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, even the people who 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 don't really like Christmas, they're still happy because it's contagious. The joy is contagious. So I love it. My wife loves it, and and we always try to do as big as we can. We're in a condo now, so we can't do much exteriorly um, wise. But when we purchase our new house, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna do it big. I'm gonna have get the inflatables and all that big stuff. Giant inflatables on top of the house. So it, you're it, a a real tree guy. See, I'm a fake Christmas. Yeah, tree no, guy. I, we we gotta have we gotta have the smell. You gotta have the smell. Yeah, but right? see, I'm a, see, I'm I got a lab, all right, a Labrador, and <laughs> yeah. she she'll drink the water out Labs of the tree. Love water. Yes, they yes they do. And by the way, my lab has figured out that in a privacy <laughs> fence that if she just jumps up and hits the handle, she can let herself out the yard. There you go, Houdini. Hey, she's smart. She's smarter than you think, or with too drink, smart, or with drinking the uh, tree with the water for the Christmas tree. I, I don't know if she's if that's. <laughs> I don't know where that is on that level. <laughs> well, I, I'm a fake tree guy, and plus it's easier. You get the you get it year to year, you know. But you don't have to go out looking for one. That, I don't know, but, but you got to remember the, the the joy of a real tree. Yeah, it's going out and picking it out. It's going out and picking it out, and then not just picking it out, watching the guys put the string on it and put it on top of. The Volkswagen, right? And, how do you, uh, you got a Volkswagen? I got a, a Passat, baby. We make it happen. Okay. okay. Zoom, zoom. That's not the Volkswagen, but it's okay. Yes, it is. No, no, no. That's uh, no, that's um, Toyota? Uh, no, no. Mazda, I think. Mazda. Oh. But I still go zoom, zoom in my Volkswagen. <laughs> how do you get it in the condo? Uh, you go through the garage and the door, the back door. Okay. Yeah, so so you pull in our condo and the, the, the garage is right there. Do you live on the first floor? Yeah, it's on a, it's okay, a, it's so. a condo that's like uh, all flats. There's no stores. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So it's not you're not like hiking this thing up, you know. No, no. It's flat. We go straight through the garage door, straight through the hallway, and then right into our big giant living. And room. you like those like eight foot trees, nine foot trees? Eight foot, eight and a half foot is what we normally get. Yeah, My it's goodness. pretty tall. Yeah. How yeah, much yeah. is a regular? I know I'm getting way off base here. But. So seventy five to a hundred hundred bucks is what we normally pay okay. for one of those trees. This is a little place right down the street, which I don't think there's going to be there anymore because they're building a new building there, so they may not use that lot anymore. But um, this is a little place that we would go right down the street from the house, and that's a beautiful tree. We've been the food show before. Yes. Now we're the 
I don't know, holiday show? We can do it all, baby. We can do it all, baby. <laughs> this is the Gulf Coast Banging Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Chris Blair next here on WWL. Now back to Joe. Give to Clyde. Bounces right side. Now goes right tackle, and he fights his way into the end zone. Touchdown, Tiger! Five-yard touchdown run for Clyde edwards Lair. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Her, by the way, I am getting a real tree this year. I was just notified. So um, there's that. You have no choice now. I have no choice. <laughs> Sat job. down with the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair, earlier in the week. Take a listen. One of the many great calls from Chris Blair Saturday night as LSU dispatched Florida. Welcome back to Hooters on Vets and Metairie. Sports talk here featuring the Players Show coming up at 5 o'clock with Shy Tuttle Saints rookie defensive lineman. Chris, what was that atmosphere like, man? I mean, it seemed like you can hear it in your voice. It was unbelievable. It sounded unbelievable. Well, it was uh, It was certainly a, an amped-up stadium. I mean, it was an experience like, uh, you know, I'll certainly never forget. I think most everybody who was there inside Tiger Stadium going to have that one uh, checked back in the memory bank for quite a while. I mean, you get, you know, a great day. Uh, it's really started on Friday, all week, really. The, the buzz around that game and just kind of culminated, kept growing throughout the afternoon Saturday. And then by the time we got to kickoff, it was, uh, it was lit, to say the very least. <laughs> yes, indeed. It, it, it certainly sounded like that. Chris, for LSU now, climbing to number two in the polls, and I, I think that Ed Ogeron has, ha, quickly grounds this, this team. I think he already put them on the ground and said, hey, look, knowing his personality, it sounds like, hey, Move on to the next step. Next step. Enjoy it for a little while. But I'm not, are you concerned? I guess is what I'm trying to ask about any kind of letdown because it's Mississippi State, and then you got Auburn the following week. No, I think. I mean, I think it's a legitimate thought when you you look at the matchup, and and you do have Auburn waiting in the wings another nationally televised game at two thirty. I think it's easy to look at this and say, boy, this is a trap game. It's a Mississippi State squad that really has struggled on defense. They've struggled on offense coming off probably the lowest point of the season, losing to a very bad Tennessee team in Knoxville last week, only able to muster 10 points, and you give up 20 to the Volunteers. So all of that being said, I look at Coach O, and one of the things I've really admired uh, about, you know, some of the job that he's been able to do, uh, you know, and he mentions it a lot. He brings up that Troy loss uh, from a couple of years ago, and and you can tell uh, he's not about on his watch to let his team overlook any opponent, anytime, anywhere. Um, and, you know, it started to kind of creep into the players' thoughts and minds, too. When you're around the team and you listen to them during the week, um, you know, they celebrated. There's no doubt the big win over Florida. They deserved it. Um, but this week, I mean, it was kind of more about getting better uh, on offense, getting better on defense, going into a Mississippi State game because a lot of the guys on this team remember the Hornets' nest they walked into two years ago up there when Mississippi State got the biggest win uh, in 111 tries over LSU. They know the type of atmosphere they're going to get. They know that Mississippi State's got good talent. They've got good players. And probably the Bulldogs coming off that tough loss last week, this is probably their Super Bowl coming up this Saturday. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers. And, uh, Chris, as you you astutely pointed out, you know, the players are certainly – it seems like they're on a mission. But what's it like in terms of – you've been here long enough to know that for a long time the conversation was if you were asked, well, how's LSU going to beat this team? Or it was, hey, can the defense keep it close? Now 
they don't have to have a defense, a shutdown defense. And I know fans may not be may not be too happy with that, but I mean, it's nice to see a complimentary brand of football where, hey, all right, the defense at times is 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 going to be really really stingy and stiff. But they don't. It's not dependent upon them. So it's nice to see that. Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, you hear it a lot. You know, what's wrong with the LSU defense? And you know, this defense has got to get better. Well. You know, obviously they do. Coach O says every week they want to improve on things. Two weeks ago, it was they wanted to prove, improve on tackling. They've been able to do that. Um, you know, I think it's a little bit of an adjustment, and I've said it throughout the start of this season. Uh, the LSU offense is scoring so quickly, so often, uh, that in the first half especially, number one, it's hard to change personnel. It's number two, sitting over on the sideline. You're there for maybe a minute and a half, two minutes, and next thing you know, you're back out on the field. And there's not a whole lot of adjustments that can be made in real time when that's the amount of time they have on the sidelines. Now, we've seen a couple of games this year where the defense has played much better in the second half, and that, to me, really stood out this past week against Florida. I mean, it looked like that game was going to be a shootout in the first half, uh, and then they got behind early, and then after that, LSU went 21 unanswered. Uh, so I think you got to tip your cap to the defense and the job Dave Aranda did in the second half. Uh, but you're right. I think we all kind of forget but you, you can understand why, you know, the offense struggled so many years and basically, you know, a defense had to hold a team under 10 points or LSU didn't have a chance to win. Uh, now that's a little different. Um, but again, I think Coach O and company still look for a lot of improvements. Yeah. They're looking to be able to get a pass rush and create some pressure on quarterbacks. And, you know, if they're able to do that and again, get healthy and stay healthy defensively down this back stretch of the season, I'm not worried at all about this Tiger defense. Yeah, Chris, even though LSU's offensive um, issues, it looks like they've been solved. And because Coach O, is, that's his area of expertise along the defensive line, and he wants to see a pass rush. I'm sure even though that they're winning, they're unbeaten right now, I'm sure he's not sleeping as well as he wants to because he wants to see more production from that D-line. I think it's going to come. Those things kind of come um, you know, in bunches too. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, that's, that's what's great about what's happening on the field especially from an offensive perspective. Um, you know, I, I just think that's – Coach O, I think, has not gotten enough credit, and you kind of pointed it out, for the way he's overseen the entire development of the football program. And, you know, it's, it's whether or not he went out and found the right offense, added a piece in Joe Brady, brought Joe Burrow here to, uh, to, to Baton Rouge, and then defensively, you know, still is in there, still trying to find – and tweak each and every week. And, you know, when you go around this program, and, and I know fans probably have started to pick up on this. I've heard them talk about it a lot. The trend in, in every facet of LSU right now is in the positive direction. Recruiting was massive this past weekend. Could you imagine a better, a better setting for recruits to come see, A, that atmosphere, B, that performance and that win? Then you've got the facility that's second to none in the country, and you've got Coach O every week saying, we've got to get better. We cannot rely on what's happened last week, the week before, the week before that. And to me, if you're around LSU and you're happy to be an LSU Tiger, a lot of that credit goes to what Coach O's been able to do from top to bottom in all phases of LSU football. Chris, uh, I'll, I'll piggyback a little bit and bear with me. Um, but I, I was skeptic. I was a skeptic when, they, when Coach O was hired. I, I'm on the record as saying so. But – since and having watched him deliver on those promises that he made when he became the head coach, he's delivered. 
I mean, he said he was going to improve recruiting. He said he was going to hire the best staff, the best coaching staff in the country. He said he was going to get an offensive coordinator with some imagination. And he had Dave Aranda already. He added Greg McMahon as a special teams coach. I mean, he's, he's delivered on just about everything he said he was going to deliver on. Yeah, that's, that's what I have uh, really tried to, to hammer home uh, really over the last six to eight months. I could go back and pull up the press conference when he was named full-time head coach at the end of that 2016 season, and I can take lines of what he wanted to see, what he wanted to do, and you know I don't think he's quite there yet, but the majority of things he pointed out in that presser on his first day as the full-time head coach of the Tigers, he has delivered on. And to me, that's what's most impressive about what he's done overall. Now you're starting to see the wins really start to add up. And when you look at what he's done against top 10 teams, there's not a coach in the country that based on those number of games, those number of meetings against top 10 teams that wouldn't really love to have that on their resume. So uh, I'm a big Coach O supporter. I think there's he's been able to win over a lot of the critics who came out early. Um, and, you know, again, I think fans in general like the trend and where everything is headed with LSU football. He's been a very good steward of the Fighting Tiger program. Chris, let's talk a little bit about Joe Burrow. Continues his pursuit of records along with wins and, of course, the Heisman Trophy. But this is a guy that's not only playing himself from maybe a third or fourth round draft pick to potentially landing in the top 15 uh, of the first round. I mean, I, I think his play is showing NFL teams, hey, this guy is going to have a tremendous amount of success at the NFL level, and I think he will. I think he has shown this year, Christian, the ability to make the throws you want to you want to have if you're a coach in the NFL. You know, last year I don't think there was really a showcase to do so. And, you know, i got to give Joe a little bit of credit. I mean, he literally got on the ground in Baton Rouge in June of last year and then had to work and build, went over his team, uh, learn the playbook, and, and go out and play a very difficult schedule, one of the most difficult schedules in the country. This year he's got the opportunity in this offense to showcase his arm. But to me what stood out the most there's two things about Joe Burrow that I think should be on the uh, would put him on a short list for most GMs and most coaches in the NFL. In the game against Utah State, he threw maybe the two worst passes in his career at LSU early in that game. I mean, we all were shaking our heads. We couldn't believe he had released the football. It was nowhere close. Later on, he threw an interception on a tip drill. He then goes on to have another banner day. He was able to wipe all that away in the first eight minutes of that ball game and go on to throw for over 300 yards, multiple touchdowns, and, and once again, very good accuracy. This past week, a lot of credit goes to the offensive line. It's a Florida Gator defense that had 26 sacks on the year. They had helped their secondary get 12 interceptions on the year. They go back to Gainesville with those numbers the same. But when the offensive line allowed, or rather Florida was able to get a play, get some rush, get some pressure in the pocket, it looks as though Joe Burrow has slowing the game down to about half speed because even when they got pressure he was so smooth moving the pocket extending the play and and making plays with his arm and sometimes his feet and if I'm a GM and I'm a head coach of an NFL team I think it'd be hard pressed to say yeah there are a ton of quarterbacks at the college level that are better than Joe Burrow Uh, I still think there's a lot of national talking heads that are late to the party not sure why if you watch Saturday night I'm not sure what you're watching (laughs) But uh, I think when all said and done this season, uh, he's going he's gonna to add quite a bit to, to a team uh, come next year in the league. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers. Chris, I was not there Saturday night, but 
listening to your calls and watching it on TV, man, it, you made me feel like I was there. That's for sure. You did a great job. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I, it, it, it's hard not to. I mean, you get wrapped up in it. Uh, it, it, it was it was just an incredible night, and uh, like I said, I'm blessed to be able to do it, and it's not a night I will ever forget. And uh, you gotta you gotta you know try to try to keep it being professional as, as well as becoming a fan. But I was excited for Coach O. I was excited for the the team, and I was certainly excited for Tiger fans. And I know Coach O has a 24 hour rule, but I got to tell you, Christian, I'm still <laughs> celebrating beating Florida, and uh, I'll be ready for Mississippi State come Saturday around 2:30. Hey, buckle up. You might be on a special ride here, dude, so we'll see, but buckle up. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers. Good stuff as always, man. Have a good call Saturday, okay? Thanks, Christian. Thanks for having me on. Go Tigers. The voice of your LSU Tigers, Chris Blair. Looking forward to hearing his calls this afternoon starting at 2.30 right here on WWL. Trask waits on the shotgun snap. Here it comes. Tigers come after him. Under pressure. Trask goes down at the seven-yard line. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. Taking a look at LSU's matchup with Mississippi State. Helping us to do so, Tyler Horka, beat writer for the Clarion Ledger. Stopped by Sports Talk earlier in the week. Time now for Behind Enemy Lines. Brought to you by Acadian Windows, the official window company of the Houdat Nation will get the lowdown on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Tyler Horka joining us. He is the Mississippi State beat writer for the Clarion Ledger. Tyler, how are you? I'm pretty good. Um, I noticed that you guys let in with the, an ad for Radio Rewind there. I'd, I'd like to start by saying you know, Mississippi State probably wishes they could rewind some of their season the way <laughs> it started. Yeah, not Dan Mullen, um, man, I'm sure they long for the days to bring him back and, and coach the Bulldogs. Yeah, the fans won't admit to that because they don't like the way he left. But, I mean, they sure liked the, the product that he put on the football field while he was here, undoubtedly. Now, uh, when you look at Joe Moorhead, uh, obviously he's supposed to be an offensive guru, uh, you know, at Penn State. And then you, you want him to be able to do that at Mississippi State. But his teams right now, were well, they're 11-8. and eight, uh, But this caught my attention. Only 5-6 and six, uh, mark in the SEC since he came to Mississippi State. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of those losses have come on the road. I believe it's uh, it's one in five in SEC road games uh, at this point. And obviously, the latest road loss was against the Tennessee team that just about everybody in the SEC is beating right now. So, I mean, when your team is that bad on the road, um, it's not a good sign uh, for coaching. I mean, it, it, coaching it has a lot to do with how a team comes out on the road, whether they're prepared or not, whether they're you're ready to play in, you know, a hostile environment. And right now Mississippi State hasn't been able to uh, to do that. They have looked like a different team at home, but I'm not sure how much that will help them this week with the number two team in the country coming in. But, I mean, yeah, there are some glaring signs of uh, coaching deficiencies with this Mississippi State team early on and Joe Moore's tenure. Now, uh, Tyler, looking at uh, one guy uh, that – to me, I want you to elaborate on him. Running back Kylan Hill, uh, what second in the SEC, rushing at uh, 101 and a half yards per game. Uh, just talk about maybe his production and is that misleading or he's been uh, legit uh, week in and week out? Well, he was legit for the first four games of the year. Uh, you could argue that he was a Doak Walker candidate at that point, and he was running for well over 100 yards in every game. 
And then the Auburn game hit a few weeks ago, and he only went for 45. You know, that's against a really good Auburn defense, maybe one of the best defensive lines in the SEC, maybe the entire country. But, you know, when they went up to Tennessee, and Colin Hill only had uh, 11 carries for 13 yards. And, you know, a lot of that is because Mississippi State's, yeah, 13 yards on the ground for Colin Hill last week. Mississippi State's offensive line probably had its worst game of the year. They, I mean, they, they weren't getting off the ball at all. They, you know, they weren't they weren't setting the tone at the line of scrimmage, and obviously Hill was very dependent on being able to to run behind those guys. But I think Joe Moorhead's not being creative and creative enough in getting Hill the ball in space. I think teams have keyed in on okay, they they like Kylan Hill, they like to run Kylan Hill, they're going to run Kylan Hill right up the middle. And, you know, once we've gotten into the SEC play here, it's been harder for Kylan Hill to do that because he's going up against tougher athletes on the other side of the ball. Definitely going to see that with LSU in town this week. Saw it against Auburn and uh, even saw it against Tennessee, which is really not a good sign for Mississippi State and Kylan Hill. Tyler, I saw against Auburn, Auburn put up 56 points. Um, I shudder to think if the offense for LSU is rolling, how many points they could end up putting up as well, and I know Mississippi State was on the road, but uh, this defense can it? I mean, how, how can it handle an offensive attack like like LSU's about to bring? Because Auburn's different. Honestly, it's uh, it's going to be a point of how much LSU, how much mercy LSU is willing to show. Honestly, because I think they could go out and score pretty much any time they touch the ball. It's, it's going to be like that. Uh, I mean, Joe, Joe Burrow is obviously completing almost 80% of his passes, right out about 80% of his passes. And he's just going to be able to dissect this Mississippi State offense. And the main reason why is because Mississippi State just hasn't been able to get enough pass rush on opposing, opposing quarterbacks. I mean, Bo Nix, we've seen him struggle against offense quarterbacks. We've seen him struggle against pretty much any opponent he goes out and plays. He goes out and completes nearly 80% of his passes against Mississippi State throws for 335 yards and a few touchdowns. I mean, he looked like a Heisman quarterback caliber player, and then every other game he's looked like what he is, a, a true freshman struggling to find his way. I mean, Bur- Joe Burrow is not a true freshman struggling to find his way. He's a senior who's trying to win the Heisman Trophy, and it's going to look like it this weekend with the uh, with Mississippi State's defense struggling as much as it is. Tyler, what's the atmosphere that LSU is going to see in, uh, in, Stark- in Starkville? The cowbell is going to be yeah, ringing, or it's uh, going to be pretty. Yeah, it's um, it, it's it's pretty dire up here in Starfield, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm interested myself to see how many people are going to come out. I mean, it's an 11 a.m. game. Uh, you guys know well down there that you know the folks down there don't like 11 a.m. games. Well, that's pretty universal throughout college football. I mean, who who likes to show up that early, and who likes to show up that early for a team that has a losing record in SEC play right now? Three and three. I mean, they're staring. Well, the good news is, Tyler, it is a two thirty kickoff. Yeah, it'll be on CBS now. That you don't oh, two thirty on CBS. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you don't want to get embarrassed on CBS, but um, yeah, but I guess they I might guess be willing really to the cowbells at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, they might, be willing, uh, they, they might be ringing the cowbells at the beginning, but uh, <laughs> you don't want that snowball effect. But you know, Tyler, you know it's amazing, and you don't think players make a difference, and you say it might be the scheme. But I was looking at, uh, man, they had a kick-ass defense last year. After leading the nation in fewest yards allowed to finish second in scoring defense in 2018, it wasn't like 15 or 16. That was last year. The Bulldogs are giving up um, 131 more yards. They're 68 right now and twice as many points. 
their 67th. So, boy, that wasn't that was just last season how good the defense was compared to right now. Yeah, Mississippi State's one of their best defensive games of the year probably was that LSU game last year. I don't know if you guys remember, but LSU's only touchdown drive of the game was a, a three-yard drive that came after a Nick Fitzgerald interception that the Tigers brought down all the way to the three-yard line. But the problem is, you know, the, the all the defensive players that made Mississippi State one of the best defensive teams in the country last year, they're all gone. I mean, Mississippi State lost its entire front four, and two of those guys going in the first round of the NFL draft, Montez right. Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons. When you lose guys like that, I mean, the, the drop-off is inevitable. Um, and especially, I don't even know if the drop-off has been, you know, too drastic, you know. Mississippi State's defense is bad, but it's not, you know, abhorrently terrible. It's just that Mississippi State's defense was so good last year that the fact that they are a little worse this year makes it look, you know, maybe a little worse than it really is. But, but yeah, I mean, they're they're nowhere close to where they were last year. Tyler Horka, Mississippi State beat writer for the Clarion Ledger, at TB Horka on Twitter. Good stuff, man. Thanks. Tyler Horka, beat writer for the Clarion Ledger covering Mississippi State. The Bulldogs, it's LSU and the Bulldogs at 2.30 right here on WWL. Ready to go. Snap back to Burrow. Again, go back to Davis Price. He's got a seam. He's down the near side. Hash. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Tigers! Ty Davis Price with the score. His third rushing touchdown of the season. 33-yard touchdown, and the Tigers regain the lead, 34-28. Now back to Joe. Give to Clyde. Bounces right side. Now goes right tackle, and he fights his way into the end zone. Touchdown, Tiger! Five-yard touchdown run for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Herb's over here playing the drums. Give me the air guitar. He's got it. Joey at Master Control doing air air guitar as well. Welcome in to the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick leading you up till 12.30. We hand things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network. I could be on the air, um, what do you call it, the air instrument. um, Hall um, of Fame? No, 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 not Hall of Fame, but Grammys. Okay. I could definitely win. I could play some air guitar now. Yeah. I mean, there's been occasions where where I'll start jamming. Pearl Jam, I'll get on the air guitar. By the way. Yellow Ledbetter, for the record, is the best air guitar song to play out there. Uh, yeah, I, pull I it up, Joey. T- pull up a little. I, yellow, I think I can little, tend to agree with le- that. Yellow Ledbetter. Pull up a little, and we'll, we'll play. Like there's an with instrumental that. with Mike McCready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right I know towards I know the end about. of the song, that yeah, yeah, is just yeah. bad to the bone. Yeah, yeah no yeah. pun intended on uh, George Thurgood. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. But I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a mean air drummer. Drummer, I mean, oh, like man, the drums. I'm I saw it. you had the rhythm going. You know, you I'm had, all on it, man. I'm all. You got on the head shake going, right? Most always. drummers shaking the head. Oh man, I'm on it, but you can't see the feet right now. The feet are going. Bam. You're doing the pedals too. Oh yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. We got the uh, yellow lead better. <laughs> One day, Diane's gonna walk in here and smack me in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Say, what are you doing? It's supposed to be a Tiger tailgating show. Look, we're having fun. Look, this is a great time hey. to be a sports fan in Louisiana. If you're ever at LSU and you're tailgating, you get a little bit of everything. Come on, man. We're going to give it to you. Yeah. We're at North Stadium yeah. Drive on, on LSU home day, home games. So this yeah. is the solo I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, come on. How do you not like this? No. Come on. You could air I... guitar this, man. Got to kind of cringe up the face a little bit. Yeah. That's a beautiful song. I like that song. It's 
I love Pearl Jam. Yeah, Pearl yeah. Jam Freak. That's a good one. Text good. here at 87870 says, uh, guys, do we run up the score or do we run all day? I think a little bit of both, Herb. Well, I guess you, you won't have a choice but to run all day because they're going to open the holes up and the guys are going to run. But at the end of the day, I don't think you, you run the score up intentionally. You're just going to just so happen to score a lot of points. Do you come from the school of thought of like, oh, it's – it's on. It's not. It's not being a good sport if you score. You know, if you're if you run up the score. I look at it very simply. Hey, stop me. So so I no. I I, I agree. I agree. I mean, we're here. You guys practice all week. We practice all week. Right. If you can't stop me. That's on you. Now, I, I did read something earlier this week or last week where it was. Uh, I can't remember. if It was a Tennessee Titan guy. He used to play in the NFL, and he was at home with his wife, and it was at a um a, a little league football game, right, like a Nord game or mm-hmm. whatever. And the team won 36 to nothing. Well, the league um, uh, suspended the coach, fined him $500 for winning more than, by more than 30 points or whatever it was. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. What world are we living in? First of all, what coach in Little League is getting fined $500? He's not even getting paid. Well, I mean, the other thing is, okay, well, um, sometimes you, you, what do you What do you want us to What do you want us to Yeah, get better as a coach? So you want, you want me to tell my kids to not be great? I want y'all to be good. And secondly, <laughs> I've been in that situation where I've I've been a coach and we're leading by a lot. I've got my my backups in. Right. You and I've had and, coaches tell me, "Oh, don't you should tell them not to score." What? No, I'm not. A kid doing has that. an opportunity to, to score. And he hasn't scored all season. All season, right? I'm not going to tell him not to score. We're running our plays. We're not. We're not throwing the ball. We're not doing trick plays. We're running our basic stuff. Stop us. Nobody's telling Apple you can't make enough money, a lot of money. Nobody's telling Facebook you can't make a lot of money. Nobody's telling anybody, Intercom, anyone that they can't do such and such. It's silly, What's man. What's the point of it? I mean, I think that it's just we're just watering down everything. Yeah, and we're – okay, so we're going to teach our kids because – To be I, I, mediocre. I, yeah, I was told – you place and a lot of emphasis on winning, Christian. Well, yeah, because I'm not going to raise the – I don't want these kids to think, oh, yeah, I'm going to go for that job interview, but I only want to be second place in right, that job right, interview. Right, right, I don't want to be great. Tiger tailgating continues here on WWL. Here we are, getting closer and closer to handing things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network for LSU and Mississippi State in Stark Vegas. Why do they call it Stark Vegas, Herb? Because there's nothing to do in Starkville. Is it like a pun? I don't know, man. I think it's it's a combination between like bark and starving. So when you're hungry, you can't really get anything to eat, nowhere to eat. So you got to bark. All right. To Stark. Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com. Why do they call it? It's a big riddle right now. Why do they call it Stark Vegas, Jimmy? I really don't know. That's a good question. Um, there's there there's nothing to do in Starkville, right? Yeah, there, there might be seven lights in the whole city, so it, it wouldn't be related to this right. to the lights, right? So I, I don't really know. Good question. You know, it's actually not a bad campus, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I, no, I, I visited. It's a pretty nice campus, it is. Yeah, I visited uh, Mississippi State coming out of high school. I was actually, Jackie Sherrill was the head coach, and I went to the camp, and I actually won, like, top player of the camp, and he offered me a scholarship, and I thought it was a pretty nice campus. The problem was, at that time, it had three lights in the city, and that was it. I mean, it was six now, but you know, I just I didn't want to be in Starkville. I didn't like. It. Yeah, it kind of is in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, I'm a belabor. I'm a belabor a point here. How's the how's the hernia situation, man? Dude, I, I don't know. I'm not feeling too good today. Just just laid up, uncomfortable, but getting through it. Hanging there. Through it. Guys. Hang yeah, going to see a specialist on Monday. Hey, you know, I wrote in my preview piece, and it was a bit sarcastic, but at the same time, I think valid. I was, and I wrote out Jimmy the 
the game plan for LSU on offense, the game plan for LSU on defense, and for Mississippi State, you know, the defensive game plan or the offensive game plan is pray, and for the defensive game plan, it's pray harder. I mean, you get the point. Like LSU could hang seventy on this team. This is not a very good Mississippi State team. No, it isn't, and it's 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 more the defense is more built to to compete against the old LSU of old, right? They're, they've got some big stout linebackers, but they don't move extremely well in space. Um, a lot of their D linemen are more of that same breed. So uh, trying to handle that RPO, that spread offense, uh, they just don't have the athletes up front, I think, to really slow this, this LSU defense down. A lot of their playmakers are in the secondary. If Joe Burrow hangs some balls up, they have guys back there that can make plays. But uh, I just don't think this team's really built. You know, and I say this, and, and I, I thought about it earlier, on you know, without – uh, attaching it to Moorhead, but this is the kind of team, the way it's built, you would think you would see it maybe a Penn State, mm. right? And so it's just uh, with the athletes LSU has and the speed and, and the tempo they play with, this this just looks like a really bad matchup. And LSU looks like they can score 40-plus on anyone. So uh, mediocre or a subpar defense, you would think 50-60s are always a possibility. Jimmy and Herb, I want all three of us to kind of talk about this. I think that to a degree – you know, for a while the narrative was LSU's defense has to keep LSU in the game, right? But now the offense scoring the amount of points that they score, is it, and Herbie, you might be better suited to answer this than anybody, but is it that the, the, the team, the defense kind of takes on a subconscious view of, well, we know we don't have a lot of pressure on us because we don't have an offense to bail us out. That's why maybe they're giving up more points than you would like. Well, Jimmy, I'm going to start off. I think in my perspective, what I think, and Jimmy, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that um, last year you have a Devin White, you got um, Greedy Williams who are, are really, you know, cornerstones of the defense. And they're not only just leading by example, but they're also leading by vocally, you know, and, and, and rah-rah guys and higher energy guys. I just don't think that, I don't think that the defense today or this year is saying our offense is scoring 50 points a game so we can kind of relax and give up 30. Um, I, I just think they don't have that guy right now or those guys that are true vocal leaders that, that, that not only can lead by example but also get the guys' motors running at a level that we did last year. Now, with that being said as well, I don't really I, – I think our miscues on defense have been coming – by 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 fault of being out of position, and then also mm-hmm. poor tackling at the same time, um, and then you know obviously we've had some injuries along the way. Don't get me wrong, so that that plays a, a lot to do with it. But in my opinion, I don't think it's so much that they rely on so heavily on the offense because the defense's whole point of playing defense is to not allow you to score um, and to yeah, turn the ball that. over. So that's what I believe. What do you think? Yeah, I think you made a lot of really good points there. I mean. Devin White was, you know, physically he was the eraser, right? And Devin White could chase things down from sideline to sideline like very few could. And that's why he ultimately became the Buckets Award winner. But he was also a very vocal, energetic leader. Mm-hmm. And and Greedy Williams was a staple in that secondary. And, and he brought what he brought to the table. And when you look at the, the team today, Grant Delpit plays with fire. Yes. Um, but he's a rather quiet kid. Yes. So is Christian Fulton. So is Derek Stingley. So are the linebackers, Jacob Phillips and Patrick Queen. So you really, uh, as you stated earlier, uh, I mean, you don't have that 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 energy bunny, that that energizer bunny, that that kind of gets everybody going and, and leads the huddle, and everybody kind of follows his 
his leadership and, and, and energy on the field. You really don't have that. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head. The biggest problem, the defense is only allowing 316 or 18 yards per game, something to that, to that effect. And, and they're probably giving up 75, 80 plays a game right. uh, with the tempo of the offense. So that's really not a bad number. Um, and if you shore up that tackling, I mean, that, that number comes down drastically. Uh, the tackling has been one of the biggest issues and, 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 uh, a guy that I think LSU's really missing on defense that nobody really talks about is John Battle. John Battle allowed Grant Delpit to do what Grant Delpit does. Yeah. Um, John Battle made the calls. He got everybody lined up, played that center fielder, You're could right. also play over the slot and coverage and allow Grant Delpit to be that rover. And being that they don't have that guy back there that could be that quarterback, they've been having Grant Delpit do a lot of that. And that's your best player, and you're taking him out of his out of, out of positions for him to be successful. So uh, there, there's quite a, a mixture of things. Um, but if you show up the tackling and you're better and your run fits, yeah. uh, that, that defense will be a lot better moving forward. Piggyback off of that. So at, you're telling me, and it's something that I'm, my eyes are seeing, right? And I didn't equate this, and maybe what you just said is, is, is helping me now put it together. So the person that's playing that John Battle rule right now is Kerry Vincent. Am I correct? Yeah, a lot of Kerry Vincent. They've had Jacoby Stevens at times playing yeah. that role as uh-huh. well. I, I think that the one and, – and, and Kerry Vincent has – I think he needs to step his game up personally. I think he's been the missing link or the guy who's been out there 100% of the time who's who's given up a few tackles, given up a few um, um, catches, if you will, to the opposing team's receivers. And I think that's where our missing link has been in regards to the secondary – now, also, when you know we're giving up big runs and things of that nature, we got we got, we got to shore things up at the line of scrimmage and at the linebacker position. But I think I think what you just told me just now is probably helping me um, calculate what I was seeing, but I couldn't put it together. But yeah, and just about Kerry Vincent, real quick, the thing that jumps out to Kerry. I mean, you have one of the fastest guys in the SEC, ten one time. You don't see it necessarily translate oh, on right. the field, and oftentimes, in my experience. That's a guy that's not playing with confidence. Yes, you know that doesn't open up. If if that ten one doesn't look like it on the field, he's probably thinking too much. He's not loose out there doing what he does. So I think with him switching back from nickel to safety, probably has his head spinning a bit, and and the defense has suffered a little bit as a result. Yep. Jimmy Smith, publisher of TigerDetails dot com. Stick around; we'll get more insight from Jimmy Smith at Jimmy Detail on Twitter. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Tiger tailgating show here on WWL. Here it comes. He's going to run option downhill near side. He gets caught. He's dropped at the four-yard line. Tigers defense makes a stand. And with 49 seconds to play, Patrick Queen may have sealed a victory for the Fighting Tigers of LSU. Jimmy Smith, publisher of TigerDetails.com. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick, winding down here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Tiger tailgating show. Jimmy, we've been raving about it. How good is Chris Blair? How good were those calls last week? Oh, he's he's really starting to feel it. I think, you know, the the thing about uh, the guy calling those games is he's kind of allowed to be a fan, right? Most of us in the media industry kind of have to, you know, are, are reserved in that sense. I think Bobby's even got – in trouble for cheering in the uh, LSU press box. Before. Yes, he has. I, I got in trouble be to, be, for doing the same thing. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, at the um, LSU BYU game. Man, why, why, why are, why is media telling on telling on people that are cheering in the press box? Give me a break. I, you know, I don't, 
I've never had an issue with it. And I see some guys kind of sneaking some flaps here and there, and it's whatever to me, you know. But I get it, I guess. Yeah, I but guess anyway, it's supposed to be I neutral. You see, you see that he's actually starting to fall in love with LSU, and yes. you can hear the passion in his voice, and it's becoming natural to him. The excitement isn't forced anymore. Um, I think he's falling in love with this university and this state and all the unique things it has to offer, and, and it really showed. And I, I, there was a cut-up of, of all of his top calls from from that game, and I thought it was just fantastic. You know, it was like reliving the moment. So he's definitely uh, tapping in all his abilities and, and this culture, and, and people are starting to accept him for being a, a great play-caller commentator and, and everything he can do. Jimmy, give me um, Joe Burrow's stat line at half. Stat line at half today, let's go uh, 14 of 18 for 174 and two touchdowns. Wow, that's conservative compared to I, – I had I had Joe Burrow at about 283, 103 well, scores. Well, you got to remember, they're going to run the ball too. That's true. So I think, I think that's going to be – that's what's pulling back on those numbers I hear today, uh, kind of running that ball. You're still without Terrace Marshall, one of your big weapons at receiver, and, and you really want to get in manageable – third down situations if you run into them. So I think they're going to run the ball and try to expand on what they did last week. Jimmy, are you at all concerned about this defense? Not really, because I think the horses are there. I think you have the coaching, and uh, it's just, you know, shoring up some tackling and and staying and keeping your gap integrity and your run fits. And I think uh, you've got the players on the back end that can make plays. Um, you know, as Christian Holt, Fulton kind of recovers fully from that ankle injury, I think he's going to play better down the second half of the season. Uh, Grant Delpit, they're getting him more involved in different aspects of the game. Guys are getting comfortable in that role next to him at starting safety, and, and the D-line's getting healthy. I think this defense will be better, will be good enough. Yep. Um, you know, but I guess when we all look at the schedule, is it good enough to hold Alabama to under 40? Is it good enough to hold Bama to 27, 30 points? And that's what it might take for LSU to come out in the end in that game. So um, I, I think they they could be good enough, but they definitely need to get better in some regards if they're going to be able to accomplish that in Tuscaloosa. Check them out at TigerDetails.com. Jimmy Smith, at Jimmy Detail on Twitter. Go have fun watching the game, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, guys. I'll take care. All right. Before we push out of here, I want to thank Joey Falgu at Master Control. I almost called him Logan, his son. Um uh, uh, you're Morgus. I got you. Also, uh, want to thank want to thank our executive producer and program director Diane Newman, and uh, everybody that participated in the show on the text line, on the phone lines as well. Patrick, I'm sorry we're pressed for time, so cannot get to your phone call. But LSU and Mississippi State coming up in two hours, yes. right here on WWL. I'm Christian Garrick, Simplify. I'm out. Herb, do you think, man? Hey, man. We love you all. Have a great day. Um, who that? And go Tigers, baby. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.